Hey, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to my guest today. Courtney Caldwell is an entrepreneur whose startup Sheer Share is helping salon and barbershop owners rent out empty chairs and double their revenue. It's such a fun concept. I'm so excited to get into it and like talk through it with her um, because it's seriously genius. But anyway, she is the 33rd African-American female to raise $1 million in venture funding. She was named to the Inc. Magazine 2019 Female Founders 100 list. Shoeshare is the first Texas startup to win Google Demo Day. Courtney, I, I could keep going because you've done a lot and you, <laughs> you have so many things. Uh, but I, I just wanted to jump right in and yeah. uh, thank you for joining me. No, Ayana, thank you so much for having me. It, it does feel like I've lived a few lives um, in my short time here on Earth, but uh, so happy to be here joining you on your podcast. Thank you. Okay, so I I loved it. I read that you know people call Sheer Share the Hair B and B. But could you just give like a like overview of what it is yeah. and and yeah, what it what it offers? Definitely. No. So Sheer Share is the first mobile app that connects salon and barbershop owners to individual stylists to fill their empty salon space by the day. So it's a win-win because salon owners, barbershop owners, spa owners get to make money on their excess capacity. And independent stylist, your hair uh, stylist, your braider, your microblading artist, your makeup artist, your nail technician, your massage therapist, they get access to flexible, affordable space to work when and where they need it. Today, ShareShare has listings in over 900 cities. So we are helping to keep our small businesses open. And you founded Cheershare with your husband. Mm-hmm. I, right. I read that you guys met in a salon yourself, which is just <laughs> the most fun thing in the world. Isn't that romantic? It, it really is. You know, so uh, my husband's been in the industry for, gosh, going on 30 years now. He's a licensed cosmetologist and licensed barber himself. Um, he would tell anyone that he loves this industry more today than when he got started 30 years ago. But the man earned his doctorate degree in professional barbering and cosmetology, wrote a number one best-selling book on how to be successful in the industry. He's actually the first African-American male uh, member elect to the Professional Beauty Association. And so I can go on and on and on. But yes, we first met um, in his salon um, more than 20 years ago. Um, I walked in. I was not his client um, first off. I was going to someone else. But then eventually after we started dating, um, then of course he took me on as his client. And it's so funny that we're now full circle back to where it all began. So before we like dive all the way into sheer share, I would love to hear more about your career journey. And I mean, from what I've read and from what I know, this isn't like something that you expected to be doing. Absolutely Um, not. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) rewinding all the way back, like growing up, what did you want to be when you grew up and and how Mm. did you, how did you get there? Yeah. Well, first of all, it was not an entrepreneur, right? Like I didn't even know what that word even meant. Right. Um, But I was a military brat. So my dad was um, a doctor in the U.S. Army. And so we moved around a lot. Like every two years we were picking up the house and moving it to somewhere else. Um, And as a kid, you kind of don't realize that you're learning how to be a chameleon. And so I even now in my adulthood, I love the fact that I can walk into a room and make people feel comfortable around me. Right. Because I've had to do that. I've had that experience for my entire life. Um, But I first worked in, let's say, first job out of college was for a tech company. 
um, lo and behold, but I am not a coder. I do not sit on the engineering side of the house. Um, I was hired for marketing. So I ran events and PR and demand generation um, and, and hiring for our small marketing team. Um, but then after I had gone to work in full-time ministry for several years uh, for a radio ministry called Insight for Living with Chuck and Cynthia Swindoll, um, I decided that it was time to go back to school. And the reason that I pushed myself to go back to get my MBA was um, I had, I think at this time, trained four of my managers. And I said, okay, something's got to give. Like what's not connecting right now? So I went back to school for my MBA um, and I majored in marketing, of course, and then came back out and started working in tech. And so I did tech marketing for about 20 years in corporate America. And my husband said, hey, we have this problem at the salon. I think this needs to be an app. And here we are today. But my first um, or my last job, rather, uh, before jumping out into Shearshare was at Oracle, where I was responsible for leading digital demand generation and innovation across five continents. Loved working at Oracle, loved having the deep pockets of Larry Ellison and being able to try anything and everything. Um, but again, this is a problem that we were trying to solve for ourselves at our own award-winning salon and barbershop. And now we're just helping to solve it for owners across the nation. And obviously, you know, Shearshare is doing very well. But when did you know it was time to make the leap to away from kind of the safety of a corporate job <laughs> to being, you know, a, you know, this full-time entrepreneur. Yeah. It's like, it's like parenthood. Like you're never always ready, right? Like you can right. read all the books and do all the things and go to all the meetups. Um, but it wasn't until my husband said, Hey, I think this needs to be an app where I was like, Oh yeah, we've been matching stylists to empty salon space for three years. So it makes sense. Like we don't have to go out and prove the model cause we've just been doing it. And I think at the time where it started to feel a little bit like a full-time job, that was when we looked at each other and said, okay, there's got to be an app for this. Like, where's the app that does what we do? So the next time somebody calls our personal mobile numbers, because that's how they were finding us out anyway, we didn't have the name Sheer Sheer. It was just Courtney Caldwell and Dr. Ty Caldwell. People would call us up and say, hey, guys, I'm traveling back home to Miami, Florida. Um, for a destination wedding, and I need this type of space. And uh, by the way, it needs to be um, wheelchair accessible. Or hey, I have to go out to the ESPN or ESPY awards, and I have a VIP client. I need to be able to rent the entire salon space for this very private event. And so we were just doing that because we care for the industry. Like we have so much considered care and love for the beauty and barbering industry, these service providers who get up every day and, and make the world look beautiful, that we were just trying to be helpful. So when we couldn't find the app, we said, okay, well, what would our worlds look like if we created it? So we were sitting at Chipotle one day because at this point in time, we were eating a lot of rice and beans, just trying to save every dollar that came into the house. Right. I pulls out a napkin and says, okay, so what have we learned over the last three years? Like, what would this app need to even look like? And so we literally drew on a Chipotle napkin every screen of our MVP, um, our, the version one of our platform. And here we are today. So I think that's when I knew, when we had done the work that we had been receiving phone calls repeatedly from stylists saying, hey, I heard you helped my friend Barbara in Texas. I need help from you guys in Florida. Um, and then we couldn't find anything that does what we were doing. And so it became very obvious to us that there was a very real problem that we were solving ourselves and we could help even more people if we just put a tech layer over it. So my husband grabbed my hand and said, let's go jump off of that cliff. And we jumped and grew our wings on the way down. So was Shearshare already established and you were just kind of doing the matching yourself or did mm -mm. the name come with the app? 
Yeah, no, the name came with the app. Um, okay. it, there was no name to it before we started Share Share. People would just call us up because they would see uh, a stylist friend of theirs post on Instagram that they were at this luxurious salon and they would call them up and say, there's no right. way that you're signing a long-term contract there and there's no way that you're sharing in your commission. So how are you getting access to these places? And I see you all over the map. And so they would share our names and our personal mobile numbers, many of whom still have our numbers to this day. And people would just call us out of the blue. Call us, uh, you know, on a Friday morning, a Saturday evening in the middle of the night because they thought that we were kind of a business, but we weren't. And we were just being helpful to our industry. And so it wasn't until uh, we were on a plane headed to uh, Mountain View, California, because I was still working at Oracle at this time. And we opened up a notebook and said, OK, if we were serious about this, like if this ever comes to fruition one day, um, what would the name be? And I just pulled an article, I think, from Entrepreneur Magazine, and they were talking about um, these new kids on the block called Airbnb, right? And the three founders at Airbnb. And so I said, you know, they talk about the sharing economy, which is very similar to what we're doing. So I think that the name Share has to be in it. And then my husband immediately responds with something that is par for the course in our industry. If you're in, in hair or if you're a barber, if you're a cosmetologist, if you're a hairstylist, is usually Shears. So I think Shears needs to be in there. So we literally wrote down the name Sheer Share, closed the book and didn't open it up again for a couple of years. But we knew exactly what the name was going to be when we said, yeah, it's time to build this app. And the app has amazing reviews. I just searched it in the app store out of curiosity. I was like, yes. this is not easy to have five star reviews. Like <laughs> that know, is it, incredible. It's not. But, uh, but honestly, I think that's something that we miss a lot when we're starting something new or like, you know, starting a new company or building something from, from scratch is that if you have such a high level of care and service for the people that you get to serve every single day, they will be very forgiving if the app, for example, doesn't have all the bells and whistles that they expect. And because we come from the industry, we have um, a high level of experience care. Like everyone in our organization knows that um, these service providers that, again, we get to serve every single day and because this industry has personally fed our family for 30 years, that we have to provide five star brown glove service every single day. There's no question about it because when we think about what they go through and their day-to-day -day challenges, because we have the same ones, it is not always a pretty picture. People may be complaining or um, they may be, you know, because they're standing on their feet for eight, 10, 12 hours a day. You know, we want them to always feel loved and seen and cared for when they come to Share Share. And so I think that's definitely, um, that speaks volumes through our reviews. It's just so funny because I never, before I heard of Shear Shear, I never would have like thought of the concept. But <laughs> then I was like, oh my gosh, this is genius. Like, how did I not know about this? What kind of Thank feedback you. do you get from the professionals who are using the service? Oh, they love it, right? This is, I don't think that we, when we started Shear Shear, that we were going to be building out the future of work, right? Um, right. We hear that a lot, especially nowadays. And in mass, like software is eating the world, right? Tech is taking over everywhere, whether you need a ride to the airport or you need you know, a friend's house to, to lounge at for a weekend through Airbnb, um, or you need food delivered, you know, now through Uber Eats or TaskRabbit, you need someone to hang a picture. Um, I don't think we knew what we were building when we were first building out ShearShare. Share. Again, we were just trying to be helpful for our industry and solving problems. We got tired of hearing that our friend down the street who owned a barbershop had to close his doors because he couldn't find people to fill his chairs. We got tired of hearing when we walk into a beauty school um, as, as mentors and coaches that this next generation keeps saying, I don't want ownership. Just give me the access. 
And so we're like, huh, well, this is, you know, putting two and two together to equal four. It just makes sense for the industry. And so, again, here we are, you know, helping to accelerate economic mobility across now 900 cities. And I know that you guys have grown so much. I am curious, though, how the pandemic, especially in the beginning with the stay at home orders, how, how that how you guys survived that? What did you do? Oh, well, okay. so first off, I think a lot of people were you know, running around like chickens with their heads cut off, right? Because it can be, it was a very scary time for a lot of us. I think for myself and my husband, because we've been in this industry for, you know, going on 30 years, we've lived through a few things already. Like we've lived through Mm -hmm. Y2K. We've lived through Ebola. uh, We've lived through the 2007, 2008 recession. And so after every one of those times, this is one of those very rare evergreen industries that just bounces back. And so we knew Mm -hmm. that eventually it was going to bounce back. Like you weren't ever going to have a movie without being touched by a cosmetologist, right? You would never go to a prom or your wedding and not have someone do your makeup. And so we knew that this was just going to bounce right back, but we just had to wait for it. So yes, uh, for sheer share, our revenues went to zero, like flatlined at zero because of all the stay at home Mm -hmm. mandates across the country, across the world. (laughs) And, uh, but we said, okay, How can we, again, just having a heart for the industry, be helpful to the people that we serve right now? And so people would call us up and it would be like a therapy session. You know, they call and they'd be crying because, you know, they they would tell us, I don't have my hands in someone's head, which means that I don't get paid, which means that I can't put food on the table. And so what the heck am I going to do? And so we kept hearing that over and over and over again, same song, different verse and said, okay, wait a minute. We're all hearing about these PPP loans. What can we do to help make sure that these businesses stay open through the pandemic? And so we actually helped more than 150 people who had originally been denied for PPP loans to actually get funded. And so, we're, again, just doing our part. And then as we had them on the phone, you know, we're helping them um, think about ways to transition aspects of their business to an online model. We're helping them understand why it's important to have a relationship with your banker, you know, once the, the world opens up again. And just thinking about all that content that it takes for you to be successful, but from behind the chair. And so I would literally stick a phone a camera in front of my husband and say, okay, talk about this topic, right? And all this knowledge that he has in his head from 30 years, you know, he can talk to a nail technician who's been doing this for eight years. He can talk to a hairstylist who's just graduating from cosmetology school. He can talk to a barber who is thinking about opening up his own barber shop. And so we actually created an asset library for free where, again, people can come and learn about how to be successful, but from behind the chair. So I'm very proud of our team for kind of pivoting uh, during COVID in that way. That is so incredible. And I think that, you. you know, this aspect of paying it forward, I think regardless of the industry that you're in, when you're doing it on your own, it is so overwhelming to try to oh, make yeah. sense of what's what. Even with, as you mentioned, like the PPP loans, like when, you know, obviously when they're announced, it's like this amazing thing. But then you you yeah. think about like all that you have to do to apply and all of the paperwork. And I think people just – it's just more than people bargained for. It, it was overwhelming. Yeah. And it could be yeah. very overwhelming, especially when you're sitting at home and you hear that the world is coming to an end and you can't reach out to loved ones. You can't, you know, uh, go see anyone or give someone a hug, especially if you're a single woman or single male and your work is your passion. And then someone tells you, you can't do that now. And then on yeah. top of that, trying to figure out this world of, of PPP loans and SBA, yeah, it, it was a lot. But again, um, you know, we were there for our industry to, to walk them through step by step by step. 
I would also love to hear about what it's like founding a business with your spouse and it kind of being a family thing. So I've always had the model for my husband of working with family. Uh, My husband, Ty, comes from a very large family. It's four boys and four girls. He's number seven. Um, I come of a, a very small family. It's myself and my younger brother. And so uh, just seeing the way that he would work um, with his siblings was always very refreshing to me. And then seeing how my mother would work with my father in real estate was always a, a very easy model for me to follow. So when we thought, hey, let's create Share Share together, there was no, there was no concern about, you know, should we do this um, as a married couple? What was very interesting, though, was that we'd be sitting across the table from uh, investors and they would say, you know, we kind of don't invest in married co-founders. We just have a thing about it. It's outside of our scope. But then as soon as they would say that, they would say, but you know, a co-founding relationship, is kind of like you're married. I'm like, well, we checked the box, obviously, for that. (laughs) I think how how we make it work, though, is that we each run in our own lanes, right? We clearly have a passion for the thing that we control every day. Ty is a subject matter expert, obviously. He knows all things beauty and barbering. And I sit on the marketing and operations side. And that's how we make things work. We're literally running together on the speed of 10 every single day to make sure that we're leaving our mark um, on this industry that we love so much. I saw that you guys, now I don't know if you expanded to Buffalo or if you moved completely to Buffalo. Wow. So from Texas. Yes. To Buffalo. (laughs) What has that been like? I imagine it's a little bit of a culture shock. Well, you know, again, me coming from um, being a military brat, used to moving around a lot. It was actually quite strange for me to have been landed in Dallas and been there for such a long time and not move. And so um, moving to Buffalo was was nothing out of the ordinary. Of course, our family members and our friends were like, why are you leaving this climate to go to like the coldest spot in the U.S.? Right. Or like, whatever, we'll just get a big coat and some, you know, funky gloves and we'll call it a day. Um, honestly, it's been fantastic. It feels like Buffalo is like this little gem that and this like secret that no one knew about. Like we landed in Buffalo and there were hires, Ayana, that we had open on our on our website for like two years that within two weeks we were able to hire um, right here in Buffalo. The people are extremely warm, although the weather is cold, right? And so it feels <laughs> like Southern hospitality, but just like on the East Coast. It's, it's like small town feel, but you get the New Yorkness of it all. I've, I've never been that far, uh, <laughs> that far north. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here in Florida, so I know that you, I'm, oh, I'm very much, yeah, not used oh, yeah. to cold weather, but th- that's yeah. so exciting. I mean, what are you, I mean, it's, it's just like you guys have grown so quickly and you're doing so many things. Like, what does the future look like? Whew. You know, the future of work changes every day, right? And, and I think where we win is that because we're so close to stylists and our fellow salon and barbershop owners, we are right there in lockstep with them. And so what we've added, especially during the pandemic, was um, professional liability insurance by the day, which has never existed before in our industry before we partnered up with Lloyd's of London to make that happen. And then when you think about retail sale through and you think about um, continuing education and you think about taxes and finances, Uh, portable health benefits. 
like all those things that you need as a creative to be successful and to have a long-term successful career, we want to be able to give that to you on your mobile device and on a pay-as-you-go basis. Like we know that that's the best way for small businesses to grow. And so that that's the future of Shearshare is continuing to give back in this enterprise or micro enterprise level, but on a pay as you go basis. I also would really love to hear about your experience as a black woman entrepreneur. Mm. First of all, I love again, because I, I, I was actually talking to my mom and sister recently about how because I, I was like freaking out about trying to find a hairstylist and my hey, husband yep. who who is white was yep. like, well, can't you just like find one? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like I need to trust them with my life. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 mean, I had the same hairstylist for 18 years, uh, my beloved Crystal back in Dallas. And, you know, I cry some nights thinking that I can't see her every Friday. But that was my my Friday thing. I saw her every week, like clockwork. Like I would feed my family spaghetti three times a week to make sure that I had money to go to Crystal every Friday. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like our relationship with hair is just so different, you know? Um, But, but yeah, no, I just would love to hear just in general what it's been like um, for you as a black woman. Mm-hmm. And I do want to add too that you're right. The, our relationship with hair and beauty is 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 unfathomable. Like black women yes. over-index by 10x when it comes to uh, beauty spending. Um, so my experience wow. though as a black female, you know, I'll tell you this story. First investor meeting out in Silicon Valley. My husband and I get up, walk into the room. Um, across from us is sitting a white male and an Asian gentleman. And before we could even open up our laptop to pull up our pitch deck, um, he makes a comment about our race. And I'm like, hmm. I was like, okay, be, you know, having lived in Texas for many, many years, you know, it was not foreign to me because I wake up every day and present to the world as a black woman. Um, so for someone right. to make a comment like that, um, it, it was it was unsettling. But then, how do you how do you move forward from that? And so we just said, hey, we're going to use this as you know um, a sample pitch, and we're not going to take this person's money, even though he did want to invest in Share Share. Um, because that's not the kind of person that we want to, you know, be in bed with or be in business with. And so that was my first foray into uh, stepping into the world of angel investors and VC. Um, I am happy to say, though, once we kind of found our our tribe, our people, uh, first money into Share Share was actually a black female uh, from Texas. Our first VC check into Share Share was black female Arlen Hamilton of Backstage Capital, who is an amazing individual. And our first um, advisor to Share Share was Black female, Miss T.D. Lowe of Fortify Ventures. And so I think if you take a step back, regardless of how you present to the world and you're trying to come at this and build something again that didn't exist before and you want to do something really big and leave your mark on the world, it is truly showing up as yourself. Um, Arlen always says that you have to be uniquely you so that the people who are looking for you can find you. And I totally agree with that a thousand percent. But then showing up as your unique self, but then also making sure that you go where you're celebrated. Um, we, we received over 100 no's before we got our first yes. And every time you have to get up off the horse that you fell off of and walk into that next room with the same amount of zeal and excitement as you did with meeting number one. And so it was, you know, nothing unlike being black in America every day. Yeah, it's I, I love that you kind of turn it on its head and, uh, you know, looking at the advantages of mm-hmm 
rejection and Mm -hmm. (laughs) just people not treating you well kind of being something that we are used to, which is unfortunate, but hey. It's unfortunate. But I, I'm so just, I'm so glad I found uh, Sheer Sheer. I plan to tell oh. my hairstylist about it, by the way. Please, <laughs> Next time I see her. Do. I appreciate that. It's a free download on the App Store and on Google Play. So please tell your hairstylist, your nail technician, your makeup artist, any salon owner that you run across. We are trying to do our part again to keep small businesses open. So I wanted to ask you, so I will obviously link the app in the show notes. Is, is there anything else that you would uh, want me to plug or any other ways for people to find you? Oh, I love that. Um, yes, people can follow along our journey, this crazy, circuitous um, roller coaster ride called Startup Life, um, by following our, our company on Instagram. So we're just sheer share on all social platforms, um, but Instagram is where you'll see some of the behind the scenes of what it's like to be married to your co founder and be building a team and to be moving across the country um, and all the things. So that's where people will be able to see a little bit more about our personality. Uh, but our website is just shearshare.com. And then um, I will want to put a plug in to say that we are hiring. So um, don't think that you have to be a coder to break into tech. We are hiring for HR roles and finance and customer support and sales. And so go to shearshare.com to find out more about our company. And we would love to have you along for the ride. Love that. Everyone make sure that you check it out. Uh, well, thank you, Courtney. This has been wonderful. So appreciate you, Ayana. Thank you so much for being able to kind of share our story to the world. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Asked by Ayana. I hope that you enjoyed the listen. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast, taking the time to leave a rating or review or sharing it with someone who you think may enjoy it is a huge help and goes a long way. See you next week. Thank you.